Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to this month's Michigan Man Extra. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Spring practice gets underway this weekend. There is a lot of work that needs to be done. Coach Jim Harbaugh and his staff have 18 practices to get the offensive line pieced together, and who knows what will happen in the quarterback derby. As of this morning, there is still no word on the status of Shea Patterson for the coming season. That could change at any minute, though. The team will also be spending a part of this spring in France. So we'll have the next five weeks or so to talk about that. Not that we learn much during the spring, but it is good to have football back. What never takes a break is recruiting. Many were disappointed with the class of 2018. Although I think it was a very underrated class, time will tell though. We're off to a very good start with the class of 2019. We have six verbals, the latest coming on Friday from four-star quarterback Cade McNamara from Reno, Nevada. He decommitted from Notre Dame two weeks ago. So right now the class is ranked number five for what that's worth this early in the process. Before I got out of town for vacation last week, I taped an update with Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. We talked about the big visit weekend, which was actually last Friday and Saturday, and how we are in good standing with some of the very best prospects in the class of 2019. Steve Lorenz joins me next here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Back with us on our Michigan Man Extra for March and a recruiting update is Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Good to have you back, Steve. Hey, Mike. Always good to be on. Well, let's start with uh, sort of a recruiting story. Uh, Over the weekend, Rice grad transfer Calvin Anderson announced he would play his final year at Texas. I suppose not uh, surprising given he's from Austin, Steve. No, not really. (laughs) Probably Michigan fans don't want to hear it. I'm pretty Pretty safe to say I think Michigan finished second again, uh, which is probably more frustrating than finishing third or fourth, really, just because, you know, I think everybody knows that tackle it is once again going to kind of be the position of uh, under the spotlight in spring practice, you know, with uh, Mason Cole gone, and we'll see if Juwan Bushel-Beatty is still going to be a factor on the outside too, you know, so it's pretty much uh, could be turnover at both spots you know, defending. So, yeah, no real big surprise there. Uh, I know he claimed location wasn't a factor, uh, but again, I think I want to say he has multiple family members that went to UT. Uh, They just put Connor Williams into the draft. The Longhorns did. You know, he was looking for pro production. You know, it makes sense for him to go there. Uh, I'd say this, a pretty refreshing kid. Uh, I didn't – I only talked to him once. He seemed to grant an interview with anybody who asked him which is rare as it is nowadays, but uh, kind of one of those kids, you kind of hope he does well. You know, I, you know, I don't, not saying you don't feel that about a lot of the people you come across, but he was, seemed like he went about the process the right way. Uh, sounds like he respectfully notified Michigan and the other schools of, of his decision ahead of time and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, tough loss, but, you know, I, I never would have put like a – because we can't put crystal balls on graduate transfers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I probably would have never put a crystal ball on Michigan there. I mean, they 
thought they were in it, but I think there was always kind of that underlying idea that it'd be a big surprise if he didn't go to Texas. There just seemed to be so much attention as soon as he announced that he was going to be a grad transfer. Michigan was in the picture, and he talked a lot about Shea Patterson. He loved to play with Shea Patterson. But I kept wondering, okay, it's your fifth year, Calvin. A lot of folks wanted him up here, but if he was that good, why wasn't he going in the draft? I, I don't understand all the uh, the hoopla around him. I don't know how much his draft profile may have been affected by the fact that he played for a smaller school like Rice. Granted, you know, we're seeing guys from small schools, especially on the offensive line, uh, make a name for themselves, you know, at the combine, that type of stuff. My, I think it's more... You know, like I said, we're we're going to talk about Michigan offensive tackle this spring. I think there's just a lot of big programs that are always desperate for tackle play, mm-hmm. and I think that's really what it came down to. You know, because Texas, Oklahoma, Auburn, Michigan—I mean, those are four big-time schools. I mean, Oklahoma just obviously went to the playoff. Uh, they have a ton to replace on the offensive line, you know. But Beatenbaugh is a guy who's produced a ton of great offensive linemen up there. So uh, I think it was more that yeah, you had four major programs that were, you know, I don't want to quite say in desperate need, but really could use the depth at the tackle position. It's hard to, hard to say that he wouldn't have started if he had, if he had chosen Michigan. Um, but, again, Filiaga, Hudson, Stuber, I mean, we'll see where these guys are at. We'll kind of see where we're at this spring. Obviously, the fall, you know, will dictate. I mean, they didn't announce was it Ulysio got mm-hmm. the start against Florida. I mean, they didn't know who was starting at right tackle last year until maybe a week before the season, right? So people probably also got to be patient in that regard. But I think it was more just teams needing or wanting a tackle and that he's deciding between four, you know, big-time programs. Well, let's uh, refresh everyone's memory and uh, round up our 2019 hard commits to date, uh, Steve. Uh, beginning with Chris Hinton, he's a defensive end from Norcross, Georgia. 6'4", 265, a five-star kid. But you got to think he's going to get a lot of love from Georgia and those other SEC schools before this whole thing's over. Yeah, I mean, he's probably already getting that attention, I would assume. Um, He's one I would be really surprised if he was to flip or to end up elsewhere. And if he did, I don't think, I again, never a guarantee, but he's not a... To say he's not a Georgia Alabama type, uh, I think he's more of a Michigan Stanford Notre Dame uh, type of kid. His dad played, started at Northwestern. Um, I think he was an All Pro. I think he was part of the trade, the John Elway trade. Actually, I think his dad was uh, when Elway was traded from the Colts after the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of NFL pedigree there, but really a kid who's who's definitely academic focused. You know, I'd, I'd say that he's, you know, he's been trying to recruit other guys for Michigan, but I just, I don't ever really put much stock into that type of stuff. So, um, you know, that's what people do when they're verbally committed somewhere. But yeah, I think he's a guy interested to see where he ends up in the rankings. I think he's a five star prospect for sure. Uh, he may end up sliding inside at the next level. He's got that kind of maybe that anchor, like a Chris Wormley style, mm-hmm. like body, you know, big but athletic, um, but very, very large. Uh, but but nothing to indicate that he's not solid in his commitment right now. He's not even indicated he's going to take other visits yet. But I always think in this in this day and age that you know most I'd say ninety percent of kids 
who are committed at this point will end up taking visits oh, yeah. elsewhere. You know, it's just a matter of a lot of times they'll take them, but it, it doesn't really mean a ton. Well, another defensive end uh, we have committed, uh, Stephen Heron Jr. He's 6'3", 235 from Louisville, I think Trinity High School. Four-star kid. Uh, he, too, has a lot of schools after him, Steve. Yeah, so his, this one is one to watch a little bit closer, I think. You know, he really liked Michigan first time he came up. If we put in some crystal balls after after his first visit, and then committed on his second visit. Stanford, again, you know, we talk about you know Michigan, Stanford, Notre Dame type. Stanford definitely a school to watch with Heron. Uh, I don't I don't know if he'll end up signing with the Wolverines as it stands now. I'm interested to see. You know, he's supposed to, I believe he's supposed to take a visit to Palo Alto. Uh, whether he'll wait for the official visit season to start, which great news it's the official visit starting like two weeks so like, it's great you know i used to get the spring off now i don't even get that off anymore so um so i you know i think he'll be probably out to palo alto i know florida's also been kind of sniffing around too but stanford is the one school i think is a real big threat there um interested to see what happens i know there have been a lot of uh you know i know steve wolfong our national guy i think already has a crystal ball in for stanford so um you know the good news is michigan appears to be in the thick of the race for two things. One, there appear to be in the thick of the race for a lot of defensive ends of the cycle. And two, the, the staff has always done such a good job of identifying the right guys at defensive end. So, um, not a, it's a position I think they, you know, are going to want to need at, at the weak side, you know, because that's what he is. He's more of a weak side guy. Maybe a guy who would stand up like a Josh uh, UJ type. Uh, I, I don't think it's a position of major concern just because again they've done such a good job of you know like quitty pay was a guy that Mm -hmm. when they recruited him of course the starter gazers were not happy but you know he maybe had the most meaningful playing time of any freshman on the line on either side of the ball last year besides ruiz so um you know they know what they're looking for there and uh yeah you know you don't want to keep these guys i think he's a top 100 prospect still but you know happens it's going to happen every cycle, you know. Well, Nolan Rumler, uh, was, uh, he's a big four-star offensive lineman for Macron. Everyone was thrilled when he committed. But I've been seeing stories over the last few weeks that Ohio State is pushing hard for him, and you had to know that was coming, Steve. Yes. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I he so he was – I had a crystal ball in, if you can imagine this, what's, what's today, March 13th, mm-hmm. 2018. I had a crystal ball in for Nolan to Michigan back in 2015. Um, He has tons of family ties to the Michigan program. I want to say, somebody out there could correct me here, I want to say his family either has or had season tickets. Um, You know, it makes sense for for Ohio State to to push just to be annoying, (laughs) make Michigan continue to work with it on a kid like that because he's that talented. I mean, obviously, you know, he's a good fit at Ohio State, Notre Dame, any of these schools. This one, though, more than anybody else that's committed right now, I would be very, very surprised. Even with the coaching change, you know, which I know many fans, you know, maybe uh, glad of the coaching change up front on the offensive line. Um, you know, I, I do think Ed Warner was an upgrade. You just always have to be wary of, you know, any recruiting fallout for guys who maybe had committed to, to play for Drevno. Um, but I don't foresee that being the case with this one at all you know but the schools are going to keep pushing it's the same idea you know michigan's recruiting time guys that are committed to other programs as they should so um he's one i'm interested to see if he even takes visits you know i 
it'd be it'd be pro- quite a coup for Ohio State to pull this off, even as well as we already know how well they recruit. Uh, I just don't foresee it. I mean, there's too many connections to Michigan. He's been a Michigan fan his entire life. Uh, like I said, I think the Warner hire in the long term will be a, a, a significant upgrade for them, and I think he'll realize that. So um, not a guy that I would worry about if I was a Michigan fan, and which is good news. I think he's one of the two or three best interior linemen in the class. I mean, this is a guy who's played at uh, Hoban, Archbishop Hoban and Akron. He's played all five offensive line positions at one point or another. I mean, the guy's got a lot of talent. I mean, he'll be interior at college, but, you know, just a total package type kid. Well, another kid, uh, one of our hard commits is an IMG uh, product, Charles Thomas, six foot, 220 pound linebacker. He's rated as a, a three star. What do you like about this kid, Steve? Aggressive. Um, definitely fits kind of what Don Brown really likes at the Mike spot. I don't think he's as athletic as Devin Bush Jr. was uh, coming out of Flanagan a few years ago. Uh, but I do think he's got, you know, the size and the ability to, to fill gaps. He's definitely not afraid of contact, which, again, you know, we know Bush Jr. is not either. But um, I like him. I think I'm interested to see where else Michigan goes at linebacker this cycle because that's the one position that they've recruited so well over the last like well it's not the one position it's one of a few but you know to get McGrone uh last in 18 after signing Ross Singleton and Anthony the this in 17 I think it just gives them a ton of leeway you know they have Thomas in the fold now it'll give them a lot of leeway to maybe go for a high ceiling you know because McGrone is a guy even with those three that I mentioned in 17, McGrone's still a guy I could see the field next year. I mean, he's that good. So, um, you know, yeah, but I like Thomas as a, as a potential Mike in the in the defense. Uh, my, my biggest thing is interested to see where else they go at linebacker this cycle. Well, our fifth commit and the latest uh, of, of our commitments is four-star Trent Jones, 6'6", 282, offensive tackle from Logansville, Georgia, another kid from the Peach State. Really a huge get for Michigan, everyone agrees. You think he's he's a solid, uh, or is he a kid that's uh, he's going to be still wooed by the SEC hard? Um, I mean, he goes to Grayson, you know, one of the kind of one of those. Uh, what do you say? Concentrated concentration of powers in Georgia. There's like seven or eight high schools now in Georgia that I think combined have like forty-four star prospects on their rosters. I mean, Grayson alone has is nine or ten four-star prospects on their roster alone you know so they're kids that are these are kids that are always taking visits colleges are coming in and out of those doors every single day during the evaluation period um he's a kid that i would be really surprised if he didn't take some visits uh florida state nebraska i want to say there was maybe somebody else has offered or have offered already since he committed you know, Florida State's a significant offer. He already had Florida. He already had Tennessee. I think he had Texas A&M as well. Uh, great get. That was a really good get for Michigan. Kind of a guy, it's kind of funny, before he visited and before we really ever knew, you know, because they had offered, they went on a streak of offering about 12 or 13 tackles the yeah. two weeks, in the, the two-week period there. Jones was one of them. When I did some digging on him, you know, a couple people down in Georgia that said he's a better prospect than uh, a kid named Wanya Morris, who's his high school teammate at Grayson. And Morris is a top 50 overall prospect, uh, 
according to both us and the composite, you know, Jones is a little bit just outside the top two, four, seven, you know, so hearing that again, before this was, it wasn't a, he committed and Hey, here's some fluff about him. I mean, this is something I had heard about him, but well before I knew Michigan was even going to be a factor. Uh, that's a big pickup, you know, and again, out of a big time powerhouse school in Georgia, you know, the Kurt, they, it's the same school they signed Kurt Taylor. Out of, uh, but there's even, there's just so much talent there and Michigan still, recruiting a ton of those players as they should. So I don't know if Jones will have an effect on any of those other guys, but it never hurts to, you know, reel in a, a big time player out of a big time program out of in that area for sure. With us on our Michigan man extra for March uh, is Steve Lorenz from 24 seven sports as we uh, do our monthly recruiting update. Now those are the five uh, hard commits that we have in the class of 2019, the five kids we just uh, talked about. Uh, this weekend, uh, a big recruit well, a recruiting weekend or a visit weekend, Steve, uh, uh, all over the country. Uh, one of the kids coming in uh, to uh, Ann Arbor uh, is Zach, uh, what is his name, Zach Harrison. Now, he's, yes. I, I understand, a big Ohio State target. From what I understand, Greg Madison is really going after him hard. Yeah, so he'll be on campus. He's the number one prospect in the country, according to 24-7, uh, according to us at 24-7. Really just kind of the prototype at defensive end. You know, I talk about high ceiling kind of, I mean, this is these Harrison's a no doubter, really a no doubter in every facet too. He's a great student comes from a really great family. His mom is, is probably one of the nicer parents uh, that I've dealt with in the process, you know, Lewis center, Ohio plays for orange high school. It's like less than a half hour from the horseshoe. So I think, you know, the common consensus is that, this will all be for nothing later on when he signs and or commits and signs with the Buckeyes. Uh, I'd say this. Normally I would agree. And I'm not saying that I don't think he, if I had to pick, I, I guess I'd probably still say he eventually signs with Ohio State. But for a kid who lives as close to the horseshoe as he does, I don't think it's as a for sure a thing as it would be for most kids in that position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Penn State has done a really good job with him. Um, and Michigan and really, you know, Michigan, he's, he camped last year, came up for the camp. He, Greg Madison is very involved and also, uh, Al Washington too, who, you know, was at Cincinnati and that's really, so he's had a relationship with Harrison well before he got hired at Michigan, you know, cause Harris, you know, the young guys like a like kid like him, you know, is going to get attention from the Cincinnati's and Toledo's like probably it was like an eighth or ninth grade, you know, like, cause that's the only way that's the only, if those schools have a prayer of a chance, it's that they have to identify these kids way before like the big schools do, you know, and just kind of cross your fingers and hope like, you know, maybe the fact that we believed in him, you know, so early will maybe give us a shot or at least give us an official visit, uh, you know, type thing. So there's been a longstanding relationship there. A uh, good win to get him on campus. I, again, I think they think they have a shot. Uh, it's again, it's it's one that I would never tell anybody to get their hopes up for. And I already know, as jaded as Michigan fans seem to be when it comes to recruiting, they aren't going to get their hopes up anyway. Uh, so I think the big thing is have a good visit this weekend and maybe secure an official. You know, whether he takes them in the spring or the summer, I haven't really gotten that word yet about you know how he's going to handle that stuff. But um, you know, kind of the hope there. But they're in it.
Well, another five-star kid in town for the weekend is uh, Daxton Hill, five-star safety from Oklahoma, very intelligent young man, and he seems to be taking the academic piece of this entire process very seriously, Steve, which is always nice to hear. It is, as long as they follow through with it. Uh, you know, academics it becomes a nice, it becomes a good line when you're talking to a lot of kids, <laughs> and then they commit to, like, Alabama or something. Um, you know, it's just a fact. I mean, really, though, it's like, I, I two ways, like, some, some kids will say it and then commit to a school like that. Then there are other kids, like, I know, like, Petit Frere from the last cycle was a kid that I kind of feel like, and there are, there are many of these, there are a lot of these kids out there that, the, you know, the, they'll look at a school because of its academic standing, but they also do well enough in the classroom where they feel like they'll succeed in the classroom regardless of where they go. So even if it's not a, you know, a Notre Dame or a Michigan or a Stanford, you know, that they can still succeed at a high level in the classroom just because they're pretty intelligent, you know, 4.0 to kids. So, you know, it's kind of always interesting. I don't ever, I don't know how much stock I put in the mm-hmm. whole, uh, yeah, I'm going to choose a school because of its education stuff anymore. Uh, you know, rings and the NFL, that type of stuff just always seems to hold more weight at the end of the day. Uh, but Hill, no, Hill's an excellent prospect. Michigan's done a good job there. They were, uh, when Brian Smith was still around, uh, that's, he made the initial offer. Uh, Sharon Moore, who's now the tight ends coach, uh, I believe that Oklahoma is his area. He's done a really good job of kind of bridging that not gap, but just kind of building that bridge from Smith, you know, because a lot of times the guy leaves, communication gets cut off, like you kind of lose sight with some of these guys, but Mm -hmm. that hasn't happened here. Uh, You know, Tulsa, you know, you always think Oklahoma. I know Ohio State is involved as well. Actually, randomly, a lot of Michigan-Ohio, potential Michigan-Ohio State battles this cycle, which might not make many happy, but it kind of playing out that way where they're in on a lot of the same kids uh i don't know if he's visiting ohio state on this trip but i do know the buckeyes have been kind of a factor here for a while but uh you know michigan has only signed a handful of kids from the state it's been a long time since they've signed anybody from oklahoma so uh good for them to get a kid out of that region up here he's been open to them the whole time though i know he had michigan like in his top three like way way early in the process like right not too long after they offered and uh and he had 15, 20 offers at that point. So it wasn't like a, uh, here's my top three out of the five schools, yeah. you know, that have <laughs> offered so far. Right. So, um, I mean, that's one that I'm really interested to see how that visit goes because, you know, I feel like Don Brown is, is established and has a long enough track record to where you kind of have to respect who he evaluates and who they sign. But safety is a spot where they've never really signed a big time, five-star you know they've done so well at cornerback with hill long ambry thomas st juiced you know miles sims they've done so well at cornerback safety they've always seemed to sign guys that aren't like what i would call like a sure doubt a no doubter you know and and hill is a no doubter and so i'm really interested to see you know what kind of move they can make with him you know, but again, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, who's actually recruiting pretty well, 19 cycles so far. Uh, Ohio State are other schools that you know you're gonna have to watch out for. Well, one of the more interesting visitors uh, this weekend, Steve, is the great grandson of Paul Bear Bryant, a four-star quarterback, Paul Tyson. I understand he's pretty much going everywhere for visits uh, that invites him. But what's the story on this kid? Yeah, so he camped at Michigan too. That was something I didn't know. 
I believe it was Bryce Marich uh, of our site had, had reported a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so I think Michigan's actually a factor here. Like, here's the thing with Alabama. It's kind of interesting. You know, I don't know if they're going to take two quarterbacks this cycle, but they kind of have an interesting, I don't want to, I don't know, dilemma. I guess Alabama doesn't really have dilemmas, I guess, when it comes to recruiting. But, um, you know, Tagovailoa, Tua's younger brother, Talia, is also in the 19 class and also has an offer from Alabama right now. So you have the grandson of, or the great grandson of Bear Bryant. And you have the younger brother of the national, the hero of the national championship game. So it's, I'm interested to see, you know, did they take both? Cause I mean, I, I guess it'd just be really hard to see Bear Bryant's great grandson not go to choose somebody else over Alabama if Alabama was willing to take him. And the same goes for Tagovailoa just because Tua's had such a great experience in Tuscaloosa already, you know, and the family moved to Alabama after two assigned. So, you know, they're, they're right there. So it's, you know what I mean? So, uh, I think he's a guy that's pretty high on their quarterback board too, you know, along with, uh, Cade McNamara who recently decommitted from Notre Dame. I think Ty Evans, Colorado verbal commit is a guy they really like. And then Taysun Famachan, uh, the number one dual threat quarterback actually is out of Avon, Connecticut this year. So, uh, another guy that I think that they're pretty high on. So, you know, Tyson's a guy who was actually supposed to visit Michigan last month, had to cancel the last second. I think Michigan would probably prefer him up this weekend anyway, since it's, you know, pretty big visit weekend. So another one I'm interested to see, you know, I think Michigan could be a factor for sure. Just again, like I said, I, I look at that and think, you know, it's really going to come. And it would have for most schools though. I mean, if it was the great grandson of Lloyd Carr or, you know, or like Bo, you know, like was, a, you know, was, was being recruited by all these other schools. You have to assume that they're going to go to Michigan until Michigan says no, you know, so that's the way I'm approaching Tyson's recruitment, you know, until Alabama says no, uh, I'd assume he's, a, you know, going to roll with the tide, I guess. And then, uh, <laughs> but I do think Michigan, I do think Michigan, you know, would be one of those other schools that could step in for sure. A name that I saw the other day that's uh, coming in April for a visit is three-star tight end Luke Deal, and I know you're familiar with him. He's sort of a new name to me, so tell me a, a little bit about him. Tight end's always one of those interesting positions that, you know, we come out with our rankings, and, you know, there'll be some guys for sure early on, but tight end is tight end, and a lot of times offensive line are those positions that guys will always pop up out of nowhere. And he's a great example of a guy who, I want to say like a month and a half ago, I don't know if he had maybe a couple offers. Now he's got Clemson. He's got Michigan. He's got, I want to say, he's got a few other big ones. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I do know Clemson, Michigan. Oh, Notre Dame also offered. Mm. You know, Notre Dame, great. Great pedigree of the tight end position, too. Um, and Clemson. I mean, Clemson's tight end, I believe, just won the Mackey. So, you know, tight end schools want this guy. And this he's smart enough to know he should be interested in the schools that use the tight end, right? So that's why he's coming up to Michigan. That's why he'd probably visit Notre Dame. He's already been to Clemson. Uh, again, South Carolina kid, Clemson involved. Just It's not going to be easy, in my opinion. I know, he, you know he's the type of kid, these tight ends, especially Michigan always does well with, just because you turn on the film, and it's like more than just getting them the ball in the air. Like Michigan uses these guys in so many different ways that preps them for the, that get them, you know, get them prepped for the pros that it's hard to not be impressed, you know, with what they offer. 
You know, so I assume Michigan's going to be a factor here. It'd just be a matter of, again, you're battling Clemson, Notre Dame, especially the two schools I always think of as, you know, tight end schools that use the tight end a lot and yeah. have had a lot of success with them. So um, great prospect, though. Again, another guy that is a Sharon Moore, you know, more of a positional deal because it is a tight end. He's coaching the tight ends, but he's he's on him as well. Um, as an aside, I mean, both he and Al Washington, again, just excellent hires from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, we're hearing more about Michigan now from kids. Uh, coaches are staying in really, really constant contact with their top guys. So, uh, you know, good, good hires for them. So far, you know, the early verdict is great on both Moore and Washington as, as staying on these guys. Well, Maisie Smith is a, an in-state kid that I know you and I have talked about before. Four-star defensive tackle, way up there on Michigan's board, but he's being recruited by the likes of Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Penn State. Where does Michigan stand with him right now? Well, the last time we talked about him, I think I'd probably mentioned he was a Notre Dame lean mm-hmm. I think this is one that Michigan may have changed the tide on a little bit. Um, he's a guy they've been recruiting the heck out of, and he's been up up to campus twice in the last month, I want to say. Really is, is, you know, the defensive tackle board was one that we were kind of trying to figure out, you know, who's really the number one guy there, number two guy for them on their board. Uh, I think it's become pretty clear that, that Smith is their top target at defensive tackle. And uh, they've been recruiting him like it for the last couple months. I, I kind of, if I think right now, I would probably venture to say that Michigan's in front. Um, I know Alan Trieu, uh one of our regional analysts, was just at East Kentwood a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know came away, I believe, thinking that that Michigan has maybe jumped back out in front here. So, which would be big because, you know, and it may all it. You know, he's never given any indication he's not solid, but Michigan's also still really trying hard with Logan Brown. Uh, the, the, I don't know if he's a, he's a, either a five-star or close uh, offensive tackle, also from East Kentwood. And the two of them are good friends. You know, I think Michigan believes if they can get Smith on board that it'll give him a shot with Brown. Um, but again, Brown's shown no indication. He was committed to Wisconsin, uh, shown no indication of, taking visits elsewhere or anything, you know, and uh, Wisconsin kind of oddly has been a school that's always had a hard time hanging on to like elite commitments. Right. I, I always don't, I always wonder why they don't recruit better. Cause like they, they have such a pedigree, especially up front. You know, like it makes sense as a kid, you know, I know he's from Michigan, you know, Michigan fans are upset. That he committed to Wisconsin, but it's like, Man, it makes a lot of sense, though, you know, for a elite offensive lineman to want to play at Wisconsin. I mean, they just they, they churn them out like nothing. So, um, so yeah, so I think things have turned with Smith. I think they're looking pretty good there as things stand now. And then uh, we'll see if it has an effect on Logan Brown, you know, if they, if they can get Smith on board. Well, last month, Steve, we talked about seven big-time players uh, at the top of Michigan's list. Uh, if, if we could take a minute to run down these names and tell us if anything's changed. The one we hear a lot about still is running back Quavaris Crouch. He's out of uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Eventually, I will pronounce his name right. I'm not sure if that's right, but... uh, No, I think that's it, yeah. Anything changed with him? Is he still interested? Oh, yeah, still interested. Uh, Usual suspects. I don't think much has actually changed there, Mike. Probably uh, Alabama, Clemson, South Carolina, North Carolina, Michigan. Uh, Michigan's right there. One thing of note, his head coach... You know, it's like Michigan can't catch any breaks. Uh, his head coach at Harding, who I believe 
really was pushing Michigan a lot uh, is leaving the program to go coach at a different high school in North Carolina. So I don't know, you know, if or you know what kind of impact that would have, but I I always felt like he was really in Michigan's corner. So um, kind of one of those things that it it, it can't help, mm-hmm. but it could hurt, right? So. We'll have to see. Again, I know, you know, like I said, Michigan fans are so jaded out there. They expect Michigan to not have a shot with a kid like this, but um, they've been working him really hard. I'd still, I'd still say I'd be shocked if they weren't in the top three, and they could be running one or two, really, in my opinion. Another five-star that we talked about was athlete Isaiah Williams. He's from St. Louis, Missouri. Anything changed with him yet? Yeah, that one's trending down uh, randomly. Illinois. Uh Hired, I guess we talked about that, mm-hmm. had hired his high school coach, right? right so right. Uh, one, one thing that Illinois is doing that no other program is doing that's recruiting him is they're recruiting him at quarterback. And, you know, because he can play quarterback at the high school level. You watch his film, but I don't think he's a college quarterback necessarily. But Illinois is, it's Illinois. I mean, they're, they're desperate right now. And, uh, you know, so it makes sense for them to try to give him a shot. I mean, because he's just that good. He's just that dynamic of an athlete where they'll figure out something. You know, so Illinois is definitely trending up there. You know, Michigan, I think they're probably – if they if he released a top five, I think Michigan would probably still be in it. But that's one that kind of went looking good early. You know, Michigan had done a great job. And actually the guy that Illinois hired as high school coach, I think was another head coach who I think was, was really, really like Michigan a lot, actually, and was one of the reasons why both he and – uh, Marcus Washington, uh, his teammate, were were both very interested in Michigan to begin, but um, definitely that one's trending down for sure. Well, you just mentioned Marcus Washington, his teammate. He's a four-star wide receiver who we're also in on. Anything changed with him? Yeah, Michigan's not involved in that one anymore. Uh, he actually was top ten, and Michigan wasn't in it. Probably about four or five months after, like naming Michigan his leader. Uh, <laughs> so I. I'm, yeah, no, there's recruiting for you. Thinking Michigan may that may have been more on Michigan's end uh, than vice versa, for whatever reason. Um, but again, you know they hired the high school coach is gone at Illinois. Missouri has been recruiting him really, really hard too. Iowa State, you know, kind of what I'm interested to see how it ends up. But yeah, Michigan's not a factor there anymore. Well, another one of these kids is uh, from Don Brown's stronghold, his region of the country, Everett, Massachusetts, uh, four-star safety. And I'm not sure how you pronounce this one either, Steve. Is it C-I-N-E is how it's uh, uh, written. But sign. sign. I just okay. say sign. Yeah. <laughs> Works for me. What about this kid? So another change is kind of random. We were naming all these kids that all these changes have taken place. He's transferring to, what is it called? It's the school that Deion Sanders is running in Texas. So he is leaving the Don Brown stronghold, which, again, much like the Crouch thing, is not really something you want uh, to happen. Uh, that being said, Penn State, Michigan, you know, I think Michigan's still way up there for him right now. But I just, you know, him leaving Everett and going to Texas, the one thing it does is it, you know, it's just going to make it that much harder for them to get him up on campus because he still hasn't visited. I mean, he's canceled like three times, you know, which is, for the coaching staff, it's really, really frustrating, you know, because you think you're getting a, a guy you really want on campus, and then it falls apart. So, um, you know, we'll see. Penn State probably still running pole position there. I think they, I think they have all the crystal ball predictions right now. Um, but a guy that they're still going to stay involved with. Uh, I just, 
you know, with this Deion Sanders thing, I don't know, you know, because I think there are a few big time prospects that are going to go there. I'm just, I'm interested to see, you know, how that affects recruiting for those kids. You know, do they all end up at Florida State, right? Type thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, so we'll see how it goes. That one, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm just touch and go there because of that transfer and where he's transferring to. Another kid we talked about last month from the football hotbed of Warwick, Rhode Island, uh, four-star offensive <laughs> lineman Xavier Truss, who has a, a teammate at Michigan now. Right, yeah, they're they're churning him out down there uh, <laughs> in Warwick, right? Yeah, um, he's. I believe he'll be up in he'll be up this spring at some point. He's kind of been on one of those like national tours. Uh, He's been to a bunch of schools recently, Most, a lot of the big-name schools down south because he did pick up all those offers. Uh, he's been to Bama now, Clemson, Auburn, Georgia. Um, I think he's going to be heading up the Midwest later this spring now, so he'll, he'll see. He'll be back to Penn State. He's been to Penn State already. Uh, but he'll be back to Penn State, Ohio State. He'll go to Michigan. I'm not sure if Notre Dame is offered or not. I can't remember on that one, but uh, I assume if he's in the area, he'd probably swing there too. He's one that I expect once he gets on Michigan's campus, I expect Michigan to make a pretty big move there. Uh, I know the the coaching staff there as well, you know, from Michigan giving Quiddy Pay a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where those types of, like, decisions and, and that's, you know, and that can really help. And especially, like, I talk about Pay already as a guy who looks like he's going to end up being – a dude, I guess you would say, as Don Brown would say, like a guy who looks like he's going to have a career, right? So, um, you know, that's always going to help. Just like, you know, like there's a couple kids from Episcopal in Virginia, you know, where Luigi Villain played, you know, that that are guys that are going to are really high on Michigan, and that's kind of what opened the door, right? High school teammate signs there and loves it there. So I think, you know, he's a guy, once Michigan finally gets them up, I think we'll make a significant move with but i mean he is a national guy now I mean, he's got offers from everybody so going to be interesting to see how that one plays out well we've talked about this kid the last couple of times too steve uh, as we are back down in louisiana to uh, destrahan uh, where we of course have not had a whole heck of a lot of success over the decades but we're interested in four-star running back john emery jr anything changed there i think michigan's still a real big factor there um, again, like Crouch, I think Michigan, I'd say they're in the top three for sure. Uh, you know, he had a good visit to Auburn a few weeks ago, but I kind of get the sense that Michigan has stuck around here a little bit. You know, they they used to have success in Louisiana, right? I mean, wasn't it Anthony Thomas, mm-hmm. Chris Howard? I mean, isn't Leroy Horde? Leroy Horde Louisiana, from New Orleans. Yeah, as a Louisiana native. Yeah, so they, they used to have a lot of success down there. You know, I'm interested because LSU was not good on the field last year. I've never thought that Orgeron was going to end up being a good hire for them. You know, I'm interested to see how they do on the field this year and whether or not Michigan can sneak in with a few of these guys. Because one thing I've noticed, you know, they're recruiting Louisiana a little bit harder early on than they have in the past. You know, they're the no-doubters like the like an Emory, like a Derek Stingley Jr. I mean, those are guys that were going to recruit anyway. Uh, but they've dipped a little bit deeper in there early on. And I kind of wonder if it's, you know, sometimes you have to recruit in anticipation of maybe a program stinking it up. You know, I think they did the same thing in Tennessee a couple cycles ago, you know, when Butch, the thing, when stuff with Butch Jones started to fall apart, you know, or really, you know, Notre Dame, I think, you know, even last cycle, I know Notre Dame coming off their tough season 
uh, in 16, you know, I know Michigan thought that they could win a lot of those battles. You know, when Notre Dame kind of turned it around last year, I think that was a little bit of a surprise. So um, that's I, I get the sense they're doing that to an extent in Louisiana. Emory kind of one of their top guys. I think Emory and Crouch are probably their top two targets at running back. I mean, uh, you know, I think Samson James and Avon, Avon, Indiana is another guy that's up there. Uh, Zach Charbonnet out of uh, Oaks Christian out mm-hmm. in uh, Westlakeville in uh, Westlake Village, California, uh, is another guy. And you know, so uh, but Emory, they're in it though. I think he. Uh, I would be really surprised if he didn't come back up for an official. We'll say that. Well, the last of the uh, seven kids we talked about last month that Michigan had high on the list uh, was four-star offensive lineman William Harrod. He's out of Fort Washington, Maryland. Big, talented offensive lineman. Yep, and I would say nothing has really changed there. Uh, Michigan still got 100% of the crystal ball predictions. He's a guy I, I even with the change. So, uh, you know, Drevno was involved there, but actually Pep Hamilton is the guy that was running point on that recruitment. I think they've done a really good job there. Pep Hamilton, too, really uh, has, in my opinion, we've heard his name more on the recruiting trail you know, since the 19th cycle took off than we had since he'd been hired. You know, I think he's really kind of turned it around a little bit on the recruiting trail, uh, you know, for Michigan fans out there that I know he didn't really win a lot of fans over uh, mm-hmm. last year. So I, th- I think that's a good sign is that he really, you know, he's recruiting Belleville, you know, so with Devontae Dobbs, those guys, like he's involved in those recruitments now. So, uh, you know, I think we've seen him pick it up a little bit. And, and Herod is one of those guys that, very involved with he'd be the primary recruiter if Herod committed to Michigan and really again he hasn't been up to campus yet so it's like I have my crystal ball in Michigan for sure and I would eventually expect him to commit to Michigan based on what he has said and what we know about the dialogue between the two parties but he's still got to come up and visit and see it right so um, that'd really kind of be the last step and as long as everything goes good or goes well uh, when that takes place you know I, I think that Michigan to be in pretty good shape there. Well, as Steve and I mentioned uh, earlier, it's a big recruiting weekend uh, on campus for Michigan. The spring game, of course, is in April. That will be another a big visit opportunity, I am sure. So when we get together next month, it will be interesting to discuss uh, who is on campus and if we pick up any new verbals or, or any kids that move Michigan up on their lists. We'll just wait and see. But our guest today on our March Recruiting Roundup has been Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports. Steve, as always, good stuff. I know our listeners cannot get enough of it, so we look forward to having you back in April and see what's new. Appreciate it, Mike. Thanks to Steve Lorenz from 24-7 Sports for being with us on this month's Michigan Man Extra. He'll be back again in April, and by that time, we could have some new commits to talk about. So thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. 
The Michigan Man podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!